Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Dave Uram. For 53 years, Ray Didinger has been an authority on Philadelphia sports, especially the Eagles. He's been a newspaper writer, radio host, television analyst, NFL films producer, author, and playwright. He has won countless awards, including being recognized in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But just as important, Dininger has formed a relationship with the Philadelphia sports fans as well as many of the people he covered. Dininger announced he is deciding to retire at the end of May. It closes the chapter on an amazing run. I've had the privilege to work with Dininger at WIP and chat with him on KYW before and after Eagles games. But for this chat, we weren't talking about the birds. We were talking about him and the legacy he leaves in the Philadelphia sports community. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with Ray Didinger about the one and only Ray Didinger. Ray, I'm not going to lie. I was shocked. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss you, as I expressed in an email to you. Uh, but I am very happy for you that you're at this stage of your life. So my first question is, what have the past days been like for you after making that announcement? It's been, uh, it's been a tsunami of emotion, <laughs> is the best way of describing it. Um, I really did keep this very quiet. I didn't, very few people, I'm just, I mean, a handful of people knew. Glenn, of course, knew. My family knew. Uh, the bosses at WIP knew. Uh, but nobody else. I mean, I, I was able to keep it really quiet. So it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, and the reaction, the response to it has been... Uh, you know, frankly, overwhelming. It really, I, I expected there'd be some, uh, you know, phone calls, cards, whatever, but it's been uh, way, way, way more than that. And it's been, uh, it's really been, it's really been great. I mean, people have made the point over and over again that, um, um, that the radio, the, the radio show that I've done with Glenn in re- the last 22 years and the newspapering and TV work before that, um, has touched a lot of people's lives, you know, and, uh, um, that our our Saturday show uh, and Sunday show uh, are something that people have kind of built their Saturday and Sunday mornings around. And, uh, you know, you, you you like to think that there are people out there that listen and really care, uh, but you never really know until you get to a moment like this. So the fact that so many people have reached out to me to, uh, you know, thank me for the, thank me for all these years and, and specifically mentioning this show or that show or looking back to my newspaper days, this story or that story, things that they remember that were meaningful to them. Uh, the fact that they're sharing that with me is really quite, quite, quite a beautiful thing. How much do you let yourself recognize the impact that you've had on the Philadelphia sports community, whether it was newspapers, whether, you're, whether it was your work of NFL Films, WIP, NBC Sports Philadelphia, formerly Comcast Sportsnet. How often do you let yourself recognize that impact that you've had with fans, fellow media, and the people you've covered? Uh, it's, it's, it's becoming real to me now. I mean, I didn't think about it at the time. Um, at the time, I just knew I was doing a job, and, um, and it was a job that I really loved. And um, and I and I cared deeply about. And over the course of those fifty years, I mean, I would get, 
you know, I would get the occasional letter or a message, or I would meet somebody on the street that would say, hey, you know, I saw the show last week. I really enjoyed it. Or, hey, I heard you and Glenn on Saturday, and it was really cool when you were talking about whatever TV show you were watching. I mean, you know, that came to me in bits and pieces. Uh, so I, I got the idea that there was that there are people out there that were listening and cared, uh, and I always felt good about that. But I, I never really, I never really stopped to think about it much. Uh, but I, I have, I have the last few days because I've really had no choice. I mean, there's just been so much conversation about it, and so many people reaching out, and you know, some of them old coworkers, some of them old classmates, and some of them just total strangers, just reaching out and saying. Uh, you know, it was it was great and uh, really enjoyed your work, and we're going to miss you. And uh, the one thing I'm trying, and I'm trying my best to answer everyone. I mean, I've been up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning every day this week trying to answer each email personally. Uh, the one thing I've tried to convey to them is, well, you know, I, I appreciate this very much, but understand that uh, if you've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed it too. So it's it's, it's never really felt like work to me. It really hasn't. Um, you know, Marv Levy, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, said that he spent his whole life in football, but he never felt like he worked a day in his life. And I feel very much the same way. You know, it's been it's been a lot, and it's been challenging, and it's been there've been ups and downs in the course of it. But it's it's never felt like work to me. It's always just felt like almost a vocation, like it was kind of what I was meant to do. And that's really how I've felt every day going to work. To follow up on that, why have you loved it so much to the point where it hasn't felt like work? Uh, just because it was, uh, I just feel like it was what I was meant to do. Um, I mean, uh, from the time I was a kid, I, I loved, I love sports. And uh, when I was in school, the only thing that I was any good at seemed to be writing. So what I set out to do was, well, you know, when you're sort of plotting the course for your life and your career, wouldn't it be great to take the one thing you seem to be able to do with the one thing that you really love and find a way to write about sports? And uh, now the, the trick is being able to pull that off. You know, the trick is being able to, you know, find that job, to find the first boss that's going to open the door and, and let you in. And I did. I was lucky enough to get that at the at the Philadelphia Bulletin with sports editor Jack Wilson in 1969, hired me to cover high school sports. That was where it all started. But... Um, you know, I've, I've loved it really from the beginning. Uh, and, you know, through, you know, I mean, I covered the Eagles for 50 years, uh, which is a, a lifetime. And, you know, there have been, you know, a lot of bad years in there and, and a lot of really good years. And, of course, the Super Bowl year a couple of years ago. Uh, but the whole time I've been doing it, um, I mean, literally every day, there hasn't been a moment where I haven't where I haven't had the awareness that, do you realize how lucky you are? You know, do you realize how lucky you are to be doing this? Because there are so many people out there that, and this is something my father said, you know, you can make a living doing anything. Um, but the really happy people in this world are the people that are doing something that they love. Uh, and uh, I've been, not a whole lot of people get that opportunity, but I have. And I really, truly have been grateful for it every day. When did you realize that you could do radio, television, and producing in addition to what you started out doing at first, writing? Um, 
it, it never occurred to me that I was that it, <laughs> that I had mastered anything. I, I would, but I was just willing to try anything. Um, if if an opportunity presented itself, I'd say, okay, let me try it. And I didn't know if I could do it. I mean, I didn't know if I could do radio. I never thought that I'd be. I never dreamed I'd be on television. Uh, and then when the opportunity came at NFL Films to go over there and be a producer, uh, I never knew that I could make make a movie. I didn't know that I could edit film. I didn't I didn't know that I could produce TV shows. Um, but if somebody was willing to give me the opportunity, I was willing to try. And um, uh, I guess I just. Um, I don't know that I, I don't know that I had any particular skills ex- other than the fact that if I really loved something, I, I was willing to work at it until I got at least competent at it. <laughs> you know, and um, and what I found with the TV and the radio stuff was that it was it, it was pretty easy once I started doing it because I was I was talking about stuff that I really really cared about. I was talking about uh, sports and, and, and people that I really admired and respected. Um, and I was doing it in a city that I grew up in and loved. And so it really was kind of easy. You know, I was just, uh, all the stuff I did on TV and radio to me, it was in many ways, like just sort of sitting in my grandfather's, sitting in my grandfather's bar in Southwest Philadelphia, just, just talking to the guys. That's always how it felt to me. The only difference was I was dressed better and I was on TV. How do you think, because 53 years is a heck of a run, and things change over 53 years, times change, society change, the way people consume their information changes. How do you think you've evolved over these 53 years? Well, that was probably the biggest challenge, Dave. That's probably the biggest challenge, but because you're right. I mean, everything has evolved. Our, our industry has evolved. Um, society has evolved. The games have evolved. The business of sports has evolved. Uh, and I've had to change with it, you know. Um, and sometimes I wonder if, if I changed as much as I needed to. I mean, there, there was always the part of me, because I go back so far, because we're talking about more than 50 years in the business, um, you know, I didn't want to become an old scold. You know, I, did, I didn't want to become... You know that you know that that Clint Eastwood character, you know, sitting on the front porch saying, "Get off my lawn." I, I, you know, baseball today is so different than the baseball I grew up with. You know, I don't really like the DH. You know, I don't like the Ghost Runner and extra innings. Uh, and there's things that you know, and I don't like. You know, and when I watch pro basketball now, you know, I, I don't like all these three point shots. You know, I I kind of like the games that I grew up with, and and those are the ones that I have an affinity for. But I understand there is evolution in all. Of this and it doesn't necessarily have to be the same game all the time and if it changes that's not necessarily a bad thing uh so i've had to kind of change with it a little bit and some things have been okay i mean some some of the changes that have come into pro football have been really good and a positive but there are other things that you know there's still times when i'm watching a game and i say god i wish they ran the ball the way they used to you know where's jimmy brown when you need him those kinds of things but i understand when you're talking to an audience there are some people older people like you that can relate to that but there are a whole bunch of younger people who have no idea what you're talking about so you you kind of have to be willing to accept the fact that things are going to change and try to evaluate it on those terms you know and and let's face it some weeks are just easier than others but the one thing that never really changed was I, I did love it. I, I did love it. And I never once thought 
that there was anything else in my life that I would rather do than what than what I was doing. And the fact that I've been able to do it for 53 years uh, and and do it in the city where, where I was born and raised, uh, it's been, uh, I really feel blessed. I really feel blessed. There are few people that I know um, that have lived a happier life than I've lived. And, uh, you know, walking away from it isn't easy, but just the feeling that, you know, at 75 and after 50 years, it's probably time. When you were on with Angelo Cataldi on WIP, you referred to our industry now as a, as a younger person's game. And you wanted to, by stepping away, you want to give a new era a chance at what you did so well for 53 years. But Ray, one thing that I've always envied you, uh, in terms of, you know, we've talked about evolution, but one thing that I've always envied about you is that you didn't have a cell phone and you never used social media which seemed so important to so many of us that have gotten in this industry over the past 10, 15 years. So the thing that I've always wondered, how were you able to do your job so well as recently as you have without a cell phone or social media? It really wasn't hard, Dave. It really wasn't hard. People, I get at that question a lot. You know, how can you, how can you exist? How can you function in today's world without a cell phone? Uh, seemingly okay. Uh, you, know, uh, I, you know, look, are, are there some people that, and occasionally I'll hear from people saying, I, I was trying to get you for God's sakes, but I didn't know how to get you. You don't have a cell phone. I, yeah, I get, I get that. I mean, people say that, but not very often. I mean, if people really need to find me, if people really need to get in touch with me, they do. Uh, and, and certainly these last four days have been proof of that. I mean, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hundreds upon hundreds of emails. I don't know how all of these people found my email address. I really don't. But they did. Uh, and it's just pouring in. It's pouring in this morning. Um, so, yeah, I, the idea that I didn't have a cell phone, I think people really kind of thought that I was like living in a cave somewhere and that there was no way they could get in touch with me. And that's not really true. People have gotten in touch with me easily. And I... The only thing was, I, I was just so, there's just, there's so much of it out there. And if you, I don't know that you can just kind of dip your toe in the water of social media. I think you're either all in or you're all out. And, and I just knew it, at my age, I, I couldn't possibly survive if I went all in. So I chose to stay all out. But it, I, I don't think it ever really impacted my work. Uh, I never really felt that I lacked for information or being prepared. Um, it just became, if anything, it became kind of a, um, a trademark. It became something that people kind of associated with me. Uh, and there were probably some people that thought it was dumb, but there were some people that kind of just thought, well, you know, everybody's entitled to their idiosyncrasies, and I guess that's his. And if, he, if people thought that and sort of shook their head and laughed a little bit, that's okay, because I did too. No, I thought it was brilliant that the notepads and the newspapers lined up on the on the WIP console for your shows with Glenn <laughs> Mack now. And, and, and I know a TV is more of a visual thing, so you can't have all that lined up on, on the set of uh, Eagles post-game live and pre-game live, but you still had the legal pad. Uh, and NBC Sports Philadelphia even made an online segment about your legal pad, raised notepad. So, you know, it, it's become your trademark, as you mentioned. Over yeah, it kind of has. It kind of has, and I. Um, it, it was funny because I did have. I did have all of these legal pads. That was no stunt, and that was no. <laughs> that was no prop. Those were real, uh, and 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 I lived by those. You know, that was where all my information was, and. On a typical legal Sunday, uh, I would go to the, I would go to do the show, and I had all I had a full briefcase full of these legal pads. And when we would be do, preparing for the show, 
um, I would have them spread out on a desk. And Seth Joyner, uh, <laughs> if he did it once, he must have done it 20 times, would walk by and just shake his head and said, you know, Ray, there are these things called computers now. I mean, you, you, can, you can store that on a computer now. You do know that, right? And I said, Seth, yeah, I, I know that for sure. But I've been doing it this way my whole life, and this is how I know how to do it. And so, you know, at this point, I am so far down the road, there's no point in changing. So I stayed faithful to that to the end. And you know what? As crazy as it looked and as nutty as it probably looked to the young people around me, it served me very well. It certainly did. How are you going to spend Sundays now this upcoming season? Um, well, I'll probably, you know, I'm sure I'll still be watching the Eagles. Uh, the difference is I won't be watching it in the studio at NBC, uh, and I won't be in the press box at the link. Um, but I'll be watching it. And, and for people, a lot of people ask me, what are you going to do with the yellow legal tablets? They'll still be with me. You know, I'm going to be watching the game at home probably with my bulldog sitting next to me, uh, you know, in a Diet Coke next to me. And uh, But I guarantee you I will have my legal pad in my lap, and I'll be charting every play. And I'll be writing down every sub package and charting and counting and calculating every third down possession and doing all the same things I've done for the last 50 years because at this point that's the only way I know how to watch a football game. I can't just sit and watch a full, you know, and cross my legs and just put my hands behind my head and watch a football game. I can't do it. I mean, if I'm watching a football game, I have to be, for the lack of a better term, fully engaged. And, and, and that means taking notes on every single play. Now, I, will I save them the way I saved them for 50 years? Probably not. I'll probably toss them out as soon as the game's over. But the only way I can really watch football now, it's become, it's become so much a part of me watching football now that I know I just have to keep doing it. So I will. That's outstanding. What was, the favorite, what was your favorite story that you've covered over the years? Oh, Super Bowl 52. Super Bowl 52. I mean, that, that's an easy one. Um, I've gotten asked that question a lot, and it's an easy answer. And, and it's an obvious answer, but it's the right answer. Uh, yeah, I, uh, um, Super Bowl 52, is that, that's the one that we were, that not just I was waiting for, but we all were waiting for. It was to see the Eagles get to a Super Bowl and, and win it. Uh, and then we all come home and have the parade. I mean, that's what we were all waiting for. And uh, so when that happened, yeah, that was that was the highlight. And you know, that, but there were so many along the way, though. I mean, you know, certainly seeing the Phillies win their first World Series in 1980. I was writing for the Daily News back then. I was a newspaper guy, but you know, that was tremendous to be covering that whole run. And then the Flyers' two Stanley Cups, the back-to-back Stanley Cups back in the 70s. At that point, I was writing for the Philadelphia Bulletin. You know, I, I had all of these moments along the way at various places, the Bulletin and then the Daily News and then TV and then radio. When all these things happened, I was doing different things, but I was I was feeling the same emotion and uh, enjoying it in, the, in much the same manner. But it really, it really, the ultimate was, the, the real climbing the mountain moment was when the Eagles beat the Patriots in Minnesota and, and and came home with the Lombardi Trophy. That's that's the one that I was waiting for. That's the one we all were waiting for. Uh, and when it happened, man, it, it, it just didn't get any better than that. And and this week when I was on with Angelo, he did an interview. And, and he, he as, as Angelo, as only Angelo can do, he always asks the right question. Uh, and Angelo said, if the Eagles hadn't won that Super Bowl, would you be retiring now? And uh, I, I hadn't really thought about that. I hadn't really thought about that question. And I, I had to honestly answer, you know, I don't know, maybe not. 
I, um, I, but I really felt that when that game, when they had that magical season and that magical day, uh, you know, and I was part of it, you know, pregame, postgame, and then paying it off, <clears throat> capping it off, really, with that, with that moment on on the postgame show, and my son came on the set, and we embraced, and and both shed some tears. Um, you know, leaving leaving there that day, I just the feeling I had was, man, this was this was the perfect day. It can't get any better than this. And so it was at that time that I thought, you know, after 50 years and you're in, in your 70s, you know, maybe it's time. You know, maybe it's time to walk away. And so that was really kind of when I started thinking about it. And by the time I got to this year, I and I knew my contract was coming up. I I just knew. I, I you know, hard as it's going to be to walk away, and, and trust me, it's going to be hard. Uh, I just really think it's the right decision and the right time. In addition to all the media stuff that you've done, radio, TV, uh, NFL films writing. You've also been an author and a playwright. You've done a lot. What is the this one might be hard. What's the piece of work over 53 years that you're most proud of? Um, you know, it's it's probably Tommy and me. It's probably it's probably my play. Um I uh, I I never um you know, I never set out to be a playwright, <laughs> and I don't even know if today I even qualify as a playwright. I, I guess I, I guess I do because I wrote one and it's been performed. Uh, but that was the one that um, uh, that was probably the most surprising to me um, because I had never. I mean, in all the years of writing, and I've written millions of words, I had never written a play. I uh, didn't know how to write a play, um, but I had I had this wonderful story. I had this wonderful story about my friendship and relationship with the great Tommy McDonald. And I just thought it was such a beautiful story of, you know, a little boy and his football hero and how over time they they develop a friendship and then ultimately their roles kind of change where, you know, at, at the end, the little boy turns into a man and he's in a position where he can help his hero achieve the one thing he always wanted to achieve, which is induction into the Hall of Fame. And then we actually get to celebrate that day, that moment together when he asked me to be his presenter. It's just, it's just such a, a rare and, and, and precious story that I said, you know, I, man, I got to tell this somehow. And I couldn't, it just took me a while to figure out what was the best way to do it. And I thought, you know what, I mean, maybe let me, let me try to do a play. And so I just sat down and, you know, it took me a year, but I, I wrote this play and uh, brought it to uh, uh, Joe Canuso, who's a, direct, a local theater director. And uh, Joe read it and said, yeah, I think we should do this. And uh, we went ahead and we, we started doing it in 2017 and we're still doing it now. And that that's probably... That's probably the highlight. And, and the, the highlight of the highlight, really, is the fact that it was the day that Tommy and his wife and his children and their grandchildren all came to see it. Uh, and I was able to see the look on his face when he saw the play and how much it meant to him and how much he enjoyed it. Um, that was probably the highlight, the fact that I was able to kind of give him that gift uh, at that point in his life and sort of bring bring his character and his career back to life uh, for that time was, uh, you know, being able to share his enjoyment and his delight in that was, uh, it, it, really doesn't, it, it really doesn't get more exciting or gratifying than that. The creation of the play, uh, which is still extremely successful, is a great story in itself. Ray, the last one that I have for you, and you've never been about yourself, but I got to ask it. What do you think 
your legacy is after 53 years as what many have called you the godfather of football in Philadelphia and a huge part of Philadelphia sports? <laughs> yeah, I've been asked that a couple of times. And by the way, I have to thank, I have to thank Ike Reese. <laughs> I have to thank Ike Reese because he's, he's the one that he's, he's the first one to call me the godfather. And he's the one that uh, sort of gave me that name. And, uh, and I wear it with pride. I wear it with pride. Uh, it's a great name, and it's coming from a great man. So I appreciate that. Um, if, if I have a if I have a legacy, if I, you know, if 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 I want people to remember me, people have said, how how would you like to be remembered? Uh, and it, to me, it's very simple. I just want to be remembered as 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 an honest guy. You know, I mean, I, like I wasn't the greatest writer ever, and I certainly wasn't the greatest broadcaster ever. Uh, so uh, that's that's beside the point. But I, I like to think that I was honest. Uh, and if people remember me, if people remember me at all, I would like them to just remember me as, as, as an honest guy who, uh, who, uh, was a straight shooter, uh, and, uh, and didn't patronize the fans, didn't mislead the fans, uh, always respected the fans and certainly always respected their knowledge and respected their knowledge enough that I was always going to be honest with them. I wasn't going to try. If the Eagles were terrible, I wasn't going to patronize them and tell them that they weren't, you know, because the fans in this town are too smart. You know, they want you to be honest with them. And for 53 years, that's what I tried to be. You know, I, I tried to be an honest, straight-up guy. And uh, if that's how people remember me, that's fine with me. I thought that, you know, Rob Kessner, uh, the producer uh, from Channel 10, uh, at the Maxwell Club Awards this year, asked Brian Dawkins, um, asked Brian Dawkins to comment on me because I was receiving the Bagnell Award that night for lifetime contributions to football, and and Dawk said, um, "Ray spits the truth," <laughs> is what Dawk said, and I thought, you know what, that's great. If, if if you know, you can put that one right on my tombstone. You know, that's uh, if if a, if a guy like Brian Dawkins, a great player and a great man like Brian Dawkins. Uh, looked looked at me and thought about me, and what he the first thing he thought was he tells the truth. That to me is a, is a successful is a successful epitaph on a fifty year career. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. This was an absolute treat, Ray. I I appreciate the time. This has been an over twenty minute conversation, and it's felt like it's gone by so fast. Fifty-three years, I'm sure, felt like went by so fast because you you enjoyed it so much. Uh, I can't say it enough. We can't say it enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your contributions over a half century to Philadelphia sports. Enjoy these final couple of weeks of your career and enjoy retirement afterwards. Thank you, Ray. Hey, thank you, David. I'm really uh, I'm kind of dreading the last show. The last show is going to be May 29th, Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and when Glenn and I settle into the studio to do those last three hours, I know that's going to be a tough one. I know that's going to be difficult. I know that already. Uh, but um, it's been it's been absolutely great. It's been absolutely great for the 50 years and the 22 years that Glenn and I have spent together have been uh, have been a treasure. And uh, it's something that uh, that I will always always look back on and feel good about. And also, my conversations and my relationship with you were. You know, Mondays after Eagles games, they you know sometimes it was tough and sometimes it was fun, but it was always it was always good talking to you. And uh, I want to thank you for all of your support and all the kind words you've offered over the years. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. That really means a lot. That is Hall of Famer Ray Didinger from ninety four WIP. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in Depth. 
You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Dave Uram, and we'll have another episode out soon.